And we're live for episode number 50 of this podcast, the uh, Illini Basketball Podcast, of course. It's very professional of me to be looking at my phone while I'm doing this intro, but I'm trying to share the damn thing. I mean, this is, I can never find it on Facebook. And I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of the way every one of these starts. And uh, I like it that way, but halfway to hundred, of course, the big one, number five Oh, and really nothing better than being able to talk about a ref show. Like we saw last night. I'm excited yeah. to get into that because absolutely ref show. I think I have a lot of things to say about this game and it might get heated. It might not. We'll see. Uh, if you want to leave any comments, we'll throw them up on the screen. Questions, whatever you got, all that stuff. Okay, let's do it. Illinois beats Indiana 75-71 in overtime in uh, a classic ref show. And the game that was actually two and a half hours long, basically in regulation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Very That's exciting. A, I think it was like almost 10 o'clock uh, with 12 minutes left in uh, the second half. It was it was unreal. That's the best ref show I've ever seen in terms of the amount of fouls that were called. Yeah, combined with how those morons had no idea what they were doing, uh, how many times there was clock issues. I guess that's not their fault, but of right. course, a trash crew like that. But it had and had to go look at everything. I mean, there was just it made so the game had no momentum at all. Yeah, there's no rhythm whatsoever. I mean, Illinois outplayed them when they had extended amounts of actually, you know, playing for more than a minute straight, which mm-hmm. happened like twice. But I, I know we don't like Dan Dockage and we complain about him a lot, uh, but that's the perfect game to have him when the refs are that bad. <laughs> yeah, because he'll tell he'll tell you about it. So I mean, he uh, flat out said the, the IO charge at the end, that was a bad call. Yeah, I think we could have done without – you know, a half hour talk about people going to the NBA. But yeah, that definitely. I don't know like, if that's on him or if that's on ESPN. It's so. definitely not on him. It's definitely <laughs> on ESPN being idiots. Let's interrupt a good, solid Big Ten rivalry game for yeah. NBA draft talk where we take up, like, part of the screen that's to show screen. you the prospects. Yeah. And now Franz Wagner is the number one NBA prospect in the Big Ten, which is total garbage. Yeah. Very exciting. I, I got to find the names of these officials so I can call them out one by one, but <laughs> – you go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, our predictions, uh, I had 78-67. Ethan had 80-71. So we were around there. It took overtime to get there. But Illinois uh, uh, didn't dominate like I thought they would. But give that give credit to a lot of Indiana defense on that. But uh, as far as player of the game, we I believe we both agree. Trent Frazier, uh, back-to-back. back games, yeah. Great games, yeah. So hopefully this is really turning it around for him. But uh, – 19 points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. And, uh, you know, he hit that three and yelled cash and apparently get teed up for that these days. So um, I don't know what that's about. I, if the refs were trying to make a point, okay. But when uh, Trace Jackson Davis throws a dunk down and flexes at Brad Underwood, I think you kind of got to do the same thing. But, you know, I guess the, the refs wanted to make it, make it known that they were in charge right off the bat. So. Well, the funny thing is both ESPN games had mm. these taunting technicals. The yeah. Baylor-Texas game had one on Texas, which was 
more blatant than what Trent did, but well, and then well, they stupid call. Yeah, the kid from Texas got teed up, and then they showed uh, the kid from Auburn threw that one down and literally shoved the guy over and stood over him and didn't get teed up. So, I mean, it's inconsistencies all around with with refs, but um, yeah, for him to for him to make a three in front of the bench and and say cash, I don't I don't care if he's looking at him or whatever, that is absurd to tee him up for that. really set the tone for how bad they were going to call him. <laughs> right right um but trent i he was uh, he was unreal um in in a game where io struggled um they couldn't get the ball to kofi very well trent really stepped up he was four nine from three uh he did have one wide open three with a minute 10 left that i thought i mean i was out of my seat you know already putting up the the he good side um, yeah, he did. Um, the one I it wasn't the greatest of shots, but um, the other one that he missed wide open kind of surprised me. Sometimes when you're that wide open, though, it's harder to make, I think. But uh, he again played the most minutes out of the team. He played 43 minutes of this 45 minute game. So um, he's, he's playing a long time. He's playing good defense. Um, and he just kind of he kind of put the team on his back and said, I'll take you there. So you got to love that. Um, Towards the end of regulation and then into uh, overtime, he had 11 straight points for the team. So pretty pretty good. Um, as far as Io, like I said, he struggled a little bit. Um, two of 11 from the field. And I saw somebody say that he missed four layups in the first half, so he had to miss six or seven layups. And those were the shots he was making in the game before where, you know, those are those are IO shots and that's only he can make them usually. Uh, I felt like he got banged around a few times when he went in and no calls were made, but it is what it is. Um, he did make all his free throws, so good on that. And uh, he had two steals. So defensively, uh, the team played well, even with a with as many fouls that were called. Um, and, and he got his – ended up getting his – uh, fifth foul on a charge call, which charges go both ways. So it is what it is. Um, it's kind of hard to stop yourself once you leave your feet and then a guy runs under you. But uh, kind of a bad way to take out one of the best players. Uh, but Illinois kind of rebounded. I mean, you know, I, it, there were seven minutes and 40 seconds left when he got his fifth foul. And I text you and I'm like, this isn't good. You know, it, it might be over. And Illinois rallied and Trent was a big part of that rally. Um, and, and then when it went into overtime, I was really worried not having IO, but I felt like it kind of made Underwood coach a little bit more, uh, had that to have been good, and well, it, it actually worked out. I think, um, you know, not having, not saying, Hey, get the ball to IO and let him create, uh, it made it more of a team game, uh, you know, end of regulation, Curbelo with the ball, kind of scary, you know, Trent's the one carrying you. You text me. He's got to. He's got to get a touch there. And Dan Dockich even said it. Uh, that's who you need to get a touch. Curbelo found a nice shot for Kofi. Kofi just missed it. But um, yeah, it was just tough uh, having IO out. But it's got to be good for the team. They got to. They got to feel good about that. That they went out and they won this game without him. Um, and my biggest stat for IO of the night is he pulled down six rebounds, which he's been getting one or two a game. Uh, finally got six, which, you know, says a lot in, in a game where he wasn't scoring a lot. So contributing in other ways is always good. Um, Nobody makes it harder for themselves to rebound than this Illinois team does. They, they, I mean, they seriously, I think there were four guys under the hoop one time and nobody grabbed it. And there was one 
like one Indiana player. Yeah. Um, And I mean, Illinois came out with the ball, but I just don't understand how they don't grab the ball off the hoop. It drives me crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how that's possible. And they do it almost every game, but can't they not call those like charges or block calls at the end of the game? Like, why do we have to call something every time? Right. Um, and that's what I guess when a body goes down, they feel some some rest feel like they have to. I, I like the no call. Definitely did. Um, I, you know, I like the no call. I know Jay Billis likes the no call on a lot of those. Uh, I mean, his left leg was clearly still moving when they made contact. Yeah. Yep. And well, and Io was already in the air. I, there's no way for him to stop himself once he's left the ground. It's and terrible. and the guy doing it with Dockage said, you know, he even said he goes, We don't want to be biased, you know, we don't want to sound biased, but that's 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 a terrible call. Um, and, and it absolutely was. Um, but Illinois got one back. Uh Miller, he was in the cert restricted line when he got the charge. So it, it is what it is, I guess. But uh Kofi, about the only guy that can get double digits rebounds, uh, had 16 points, 10 rebounds. Now leads Division One in double doubles with twelve, I believe. So, um, and he had two blocks, two or two from the line. He's shooting the, his free throws way better than he was. Um, and and as always, good things happen when Kofi gets the ball. And Illinois struggled at times getting him the ball last night. Um, it, it, and props to Indiana with their defense that they they were going to make Illinois beat them from three. Um, to start the game. And then Curbelo gets put in and kind of gets this floor spread out a little bit and changes it up to where Kofi can get the ball a little bit more. But uh, he needs to, he needs to touch the ball I, 10, 10, 15 more times a game, I think, uh, if Illinois is really going to make a run. But uh, as far as Grandison – Got another start. I guess he's he's officially a starter. Um, only played 17 minutes last night. Uh, he had two turnovers. His he was about the only guy trying to get the ball to Kofi, and he struggled at getting it to him. Had a couple bad turnovers, and you know, I think that he he got benched for longer than maybe he should have. But under I, I feel like Underwood forgets he has players on the bench sometimes. We've talked about this before, but um, he only played 17 minutes, but he hit a three um, and, and pulled down a few rebounds. But uh, he's solid. He's he's going to be a solid four when you know Georgie was out uh, with the foul, which was absolutely terrible call too. His fifth foul, I believe, was worse than Io's fifth foul. Um, he was fronting the guy and tapped it away, and I don't know what the ref saw. Um, to call the foul because the ref wasn't even on the side where he could see if Georgie was hanging on to him, which he absolutely wasn't. But he put in good minutes, uh, 16 minutes, two of five, and he did the one thing you didn't want him to do, but he made it. Yeah, so, I didn't like that. <laughs> hit a three. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Georgie had a good game. He just he had as many threes as Adam Miller. He did, which uh, I don't know. Adam Miller, does he, does he continue – his in his starting role do you think that they change that because i didn't think his defense was that good last night either he was losing guys and illinois defense was atrocious in the first half they were going under screens letting people shoot threes not getting their hands up 
but Adam, I didn't think his defense was good. Um, I thought his defense was okay early in the second half. Yeah. Uh, he helped create some plays. Trent had a couple of steals. Miller was front that guy. Anyway, but I don't know. I don't think he should. I don't think he should be a starter in the next game. Okay. You know, he's think- a freshman. Send a little bit of a message, but I think he will start. But you, but who do you put in, Curbelo, or do you put Demonte in for him? Against a team like Wisconsin, I would probably put Demonte in. I I would agree, but um, I I still think I think it's going to be the same starting five because they've won three games in a row with the starting five, including beating Iowa and beating Indiana on the road. Right, and I and I think that Curbelo uh, has too many mistakes against a veteran team like Wisconsin. Yeah, um, and I think that they would expose him a little bit more. Yeah. So, but Carbello in this game, I mean, he was phenomenal for a good portion of that second half. Um, he had twelve points in this or eight points in the second half, twelve for the game. Um, you know, he he went six and nine from the free throw line, which is good enough, I guess. Uh, missed a fr- front end of one that Illinois really needed, but uh, he. Ended up getting four assists, which he does too. So uh, he keeps getting assists. He gets one or two steals a game. <laughs> I keep messing it up. Did you break it? Um, but but I think the biggest thing about Curbelo, um, he, sh- he did struggle down the stretch, but Illinois' defense down the stretch was really good, and Curbelo had to play a lot of that with four fouls. So um, he, he did say – uh, I don't think we won the ball game because of offense. Yeah, that plays a part of it, but our defense in the overtime was huge. And in Curbelo's defense, his hands are really good. He does make mistakes. Um, there was a play where the guy drove to the hoop and Curbelo decided to slap at him when there was no time left on the shot clock. He wasn't taking a good shot. But, you know, Curbelo does that stuff. So uh, it, it, you take the good with the bad with him. So. Um, and he also said, or Underwood said of him, Curbelo controlled the second half, got in the paint and broke them down. And that's what he does. He, he cuts through deep defenses. He makes space and it's something that the team lacks when he's not in. So, so when Curbelo's in and he can do that stuff, um, it really helps this team. But, um, Illinois as a, as a whole, it was a, it was a, Everybody said it yes last night. It was a gutsy win. It was a grinded out. Um, everything thrown against you, you still pull it off. I th- I thought that that was fantastic. Um, Illinois only had 10 turnovers, which they're averaging 14, 15 a game. Uh, Miller had three of those. I hate to throw them under the bus, but uh, you two know. of them on back-to-back possessions, basically. Yes, and one was just a that one pass to, I think it was to Grandison, that bounce pass, that was awful. I mean, absolutely terrible. Um, and, and everybody talks about Curbelo, and I sent you that message of that guy going crazy on Curbelo on Twitter um, about his about his turnovers and all this stuff. Curbelo only had one turnover yet last night. Um, there were times where he fumbled the ball around, but he got it back, so... Um, I think people just need to calm down. He's still learning. He's still a freshman. But talked about it before, the defense in the second half um, was what won this game. Uh, the defense in the first half was absolutely terrible. Uh, they Indiana went on a, a 13-3 run to end the half. So, um, And Underwood 
kind of went after him about it. He, uh, he said it was the first time in a while that I've been really, really upset with my basketball team at half. <laughs> <laughs> Giving up 41 points was not conducive to going to win on the road. Um, I don't know. Um, they gave up 43 in Northwestern. And yeah, like, and that's what, yeah. And, you know, he said he really challenged his guys at halftime. He hadn't had to do that in a long time. Um, Northwestern wasn't that long ago. But, hey, you know, selective memory, I don't know. But um, Maybe he, he didn't do that at halftime. In yeah. And, and he, he said didn't, that. He didn't say anything. Yeah, he and he said that he, he really challenged Kofi because Kofi struggled defensively in the first half. And in the second half, he was getting stops with his hands up in the lane, not fouling, which was unbelievable considering the refs. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Illinois, I, I was kind of surprised uh, with four and a half seconds left in overtime and Illinois was up three that Indiana didn't try to make the second free throw. They tried to go for the tie there because they probably, you know, Illinois makes both free throws. Even if they don't, they have, two and a half, three seconds left. So so to go for that at that point was surprising to me, but I'm glad that Illinois fouled. You know, that's one of those things. Do you foul? Do you not? And, and I believe that was the right choice last night. So um, big, uh, big Illini stats and notes, if you want to know. Uh, first, time, first overtime win that Illinois has had in Bloomington since 1949 in an all-out scoring battle, 44-42. So good, good point to know. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you want to go after the refs anymore. We kind of went after him a little bit. Um, Underwood was, was told after the game or a reporter said to him, obviously we're going to write about fouls and Underwood said, don't do that. Don't do that. So, 52 fouls. So. <laughs> 52 fouls. It was, it was hard to watch. It, it really was. 66 free throws, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, and I don't think anybody wants to watch a game like that. So, um, well, the refs, uh, the 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 douchebag refs, made it all about themselves. Um, yeah. If you just want to name them, uh, Robert you Riley, you suck. Uh, <laughs> Lewis Garrison Jr., you suck. Kelly Pfeiffer, you suck. Nobody watches these games on ESPN. This is a big broadcast, probably a lot of people watching. Mm-hmm. Nobody watches it for you to blow the whistle every single possession. It ruins the game. Completely yeah. ruins the game. Literally nobody wants to watch the ref show. Nope. And you guys successfully made it about yourselves and hopefully and probably cost yourself an opportunity to go anywhere near a conference tournament or the NCAA tournament because you suck. And if anyone, whoever controls the refs, whoever controls who does what game and all that stuff, I don't know who does that, but they should probably take last night and be like, well, these guys are done and get them out. They're done. You suck. You can't call 52 fouls and let a team shoot 32 free throws. The other team shoot 34 free throws in a conference game. You suck. Yeah. And, and, And I think Illinois did after, uh, Indiana went into the bonus. It was like with 12 minutes left in the half. And that's in Indiana hadn't made a bucket in. I don't oh, know, God. Ages. Indiana, Indiana does how, not belong in this game. That's, that's how they got the lead, which is absolutely disgusting. Um, that, that That's how they got the lead. Um, but I thought Illinois kind of did better um, towards the end of the game. And then halftime, I, I thought they did really good considering that, they were in the double bonus for most of the second half. So 
Um, two more. I got two more quotes and we can move on. Uh, Underwood said at the end of the day, this game could resonate a lot because we didn't have IO in the end. So um, I think that's huge. I think it's good for the team that they found a way to win without their quote unquote star. Um, and it's going to help them moving forward. And then uh, everybody loves Curbelo when he comes to the podium. I guess he's a very good uh, guy to interview. Um, but he said that was big time. That was big time. We've got to keep improving. Learn from it. Ugly game, but we found a way to get a W. So anyway, back to the refs. Um, yeah. How about this one? Yeah, I guess I'll go on this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just. Every time he made a play, he acts like he just like won the championship. Poster guy, I mean, calm down, man. He did, yeah. Uh, Seriously, how many points? How many points did he have last night? Let's see. I got 19. it right in front of me. How many of those were from free throws? Seven. Wow. So you didn't do very much, man. You were six yeah. of eighteen from the field, seven of ten from the line. You're not that good, okay? So <laughs> stop. He is good, but just because everyone tells you how good you are, eh, yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. Also, all American. Give me a break. That guy's not all American. <laughs> that was insane. That they How about you that. average a double double, then come back to me? I know he's averaging like what twenty points and eight rebounds. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. So. There's got to be, you know, if you look at current All Americans, is he even top five at his position on that list? I mean, mm. maybe. Depends what list it is. Power forward, I would say. He's up for the uh, award for best power forward. I'm not going to lie. I just voted for him today. (laughs) I mean, I'd rather somebody from the Big Ten win it, regardless. I'd rather not. I know you don't like him. Well, Um, he needs to stop, you know, celebrating as much as he does. I'm all for celebrating, but when you do it as many times as he was doing it, and also he flexes towards the bench. And they don't call the technical. I know. And then he he after he made the fadeaway jumper, which I don't know why he was fading away at the end of the half. Um, he seriously looked at the bench and was like licking his lips like, like a weirdo. Just a buzzer beater. Yeah, <laughs> it's buzzer. just halftime, buddy. Jesus, what an idiot. <laughs> um, so first team All Americans right now, I would say probably. Guard-wise, you know, if I had to guess what it would be, not really putting in the fact of what I think it would be, uh, you'd probably go first-team All-Americans would be Jared Butler is going to be on there. I think Cade Cunningham will probably be on there. Io will probably be on there. And then forward-wise, you got to have Kispert in there. He's the best shooter in the country. And then Garza, so... He's not a first team guy. And then second team, you gotta have Jalen Suggs on there, yeah. you know, Gonzaga. And then you probably gotta put Marcus Carr on there after 21 points. Um, even though I would personally I would go Davion Mitchell over Marcus Carr. I don't care how many points Davion Mitchell is averaging. He's one of the most impactful players in the country. Like what he does defensively. Like Baylor has the two best on ball defensive guards in the country that are also extremely good offensively. Like, it's really not fair. So that's why I think I Gonzaga and Baylor would be a Baylor victory. But, um, you know, uh, I don't know who else you put on there. Maybe Herb Jones, Alabama. Maybe Drew Timmy, Gonzaga. Maybe Hunter Dickinson, Michigan. 
Uh, and then you, your center would probably be Evan Mobley. So what you're saying is Trace Jackson Davis doesn't deserve. Maybe second uh, team. <laughs> maybe second team. I don't know. But they were maybe. acting like he was a first team guy. Chill out. Jeez. You know, Dockage went to Indiana, so he's going to have that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, true. So Illinois did win the rebound battle. How about that? They did. And they um, won the turnover battle. Five less turnovers. How about that? Yeah. And I believe they won free throws, right? And th- uh, there they won free throws, but they lost field goal and three-point. Okay. But Indiana missed like 10 or 11 free throws. So they Illinois missed- shot – 11, Illinois missed 8. 72%. 75. Numbers I didn't write down. but Illinois 38% from the field, Indiana 40%. Illinois 36% from three, Indiana 50% because they only took eight. And then Indiana 67% from the line. So, and offensive rebounds were actually tied 11-11, which semi-surprising, but whatever. Um so I guess that's that game. Thank yeah. you to the officials for coming out. Yeah. Good job, guys. I hope we don't ever see you again. We'll probably see him on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know how it gets that bad. How do they let it get out of control? You got to think at halftime, there's like a someone from the NCAA, if they actually care about the sport, calling and be like, hey, idiots. The second half was worse than the first. Exactly. You'd think someone would say, stop <laughs> calling every possession. You'd find some sort of foul. Like, it's ridiculous. Anytime someone touched anybody, it was a foul. Mm-hmm. What happened to letting them play? Can you imagine if the Iowa Illinois game was officiated like that? I would have lost my mind. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's uh, show this for a second. The bracket cam brought to you by something uh just a little update you know if anybody wants to sponsor it feel free to get a hold of us yeah i'm sure that's dream good. yard's not free <laughs> <laughs> so this is what this is this is as of uh yesterday before yesterday's games um you can see illinois in the left there bottom I, left I can't. can you make it full screen if i did Now we, now we can't hear you. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Yeah, see, if I got up and went over there, you still wouldn't be able to hear me. Oh, it's better now. I've, I've made it bigger on my screen. Where are you going? Back in the warehouse. Why do you have to make a big circle like that? Just get Illinois, right, there. right there. Okay. There we, yeah, I can see it now. Uh-huh. Villanova. Is that a four seed? Michigan. UCLA, Indiana, uh-huh. Oklahoma State, Maryland, Providence, Missouri. There you go. That's where, that's where Illinois is going to be at. We're professional non-bracketologists. That was a good behind-the-scenes look for you. That was good. I liked it. All right. Okay, so now we can do... Whatever else we're supposed to do in this episode, Underwood thankfully staying away from the Underwood Thin Ice. <laughs> so he's not with the Thin Ice yet. Not, not on the Thin Ice. And even if they lose this game, which is Saturday against Wisconsin, 
you know, we both press that. I, I wouldn't blame him or I wouldn't say that the nice. No. They lose two in a row, then you got a problem. But yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's uh, this is really good. Did they only play Wisconsin the one time last year? Mm. They beat them at Wisconsin in December of 2019, I believe. And you I know, think that's the only time they played. I believe you're right. 96% sure. So this will anyway. be the first matchup between them in over a year, 14 months, basically. Um, it's not going to be easy. Wisconsin is a top five Big Ten team. If you look at the bracket cam, I'll find them somewhere here. I have them as a five seed, five seed in Region B. Did did I see that Lenardi moved Illinois up to a two seed? I think he did after last night. Without he took out uh, Iowa, I guess, and put Illinois there. Yeah, it's smart. You know, it's smart. Mm-hmm. As you can see, bracket cam Wisconsin is somewhere in the top right. So, Wisconsin yeah. and Arkansas is what I have there, and then I press the button again, so that's good. Um, but anyway, so Wisconsin is fourteen and five on the year, eight and four in the Big Ten. Uh, the game is at one thirty Central Standard Time on Fox. So hopefully, no mm-hmm. Bardo. We'll see though. Um, Sorry, I can, they're two I can and two, two and two in their last four games. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Penn State. Then they beat Penn State last night after a game that was close at the half, and then Wisconsin completely yeah, took it over. Finally took over, which, which is good. I, them losing uh, back-to-back games to Penn State would have been real bad. Yeah, and it would have been bad if Illinois loses to them because you're like, wow, you just lost to a team that lost to Penn State twice. Exactly. Uh, but Ohio State, they got manhandled by Ohio State. They were never even really – I mean, it was close, but like – I didn't feel like Wisconsin had much of a chance in that game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if we look at the Haslametrically speaking stats and the overall Illinois nine, Wisconsin ten, so they're close. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive efficiency, Illinois twentieth, Wisconsin twenty eighth. Defensive efficiency, Illinois seventh, Wisconsin fifth. And then strength of schedule, Illinois eleventh, Wisconsin thirtieth. Expected outcome is Illinois sixty eight point zero nine. And Wisconsin sixty five point zero one, so which is the biggest spread we've seen since you started putting these up. So yeah, and I think the Illinois Indiana thing was only one, probably because Illinois was on the road. Yeah, true. So true. Uh, this is definitely the most experienced lineup in the Big Ten. So I mean, they yeah, have they're all like twenty seven years old, aren't they? Yeah, they have four seniors starting right now because Reavers just hasn't think, started. Just think when they all come back next year, they're going to exactly. be like thirty year olds. Yeah, because you know, a college year is like three years, actually. Exactly. Uh, so matchup to watch: Demetrius Trice, Trent Frazier. I'm quite confident that this will be the way that it, the matchup is, because you got Trice six foot one eighty. It's a perfect matchup for Trent. Mm-hmm. So that's the yeah. one to watch. And Trent's been playing defense really well. Trice is a very good guard, um, very good scorer. So uh, hopefully, he can continue to to shut down guards. So last night their lineup was uh Trice at the point six foot one eighty senior averaging thirteen points, four boards, four three boards, four assists. You had Brad Davison who's a dirty player, six four, two oh two senior. Most hated player in the Big Ten? Brad Davison? Top three, definitely. Okay. 
Uh, nine points, three rebounds, two assists. Then you got forwards. They have a big lineup. Aleem Ford, 6'8", 217, another senior, nine points, four rebounds. Tyler Wall, 6'9", 220, sophomore, five points, four rebounds. And you have Micah Potter, 6'10", 248, senior, 12 points, six rebounds, one assist. Also note, Nate Reavers, 6'11", 235, senior, uh, averages mm-hmm. nine points, three boards. Came off the bench, played 18 minutes last night. And then freshman guard Jonathan Davis, 6'5", 196, six points, four rebounds. Came off the bench. Had 17 points, four or four from downtown last night. So, yeah, uh, Potter's been struggling the last few games, I believe, uh, which hopefully doesn't find it. I, th- I think that he's going to have a hard time matching up with Kofi. So, um, and then Reavers, I, I know he likes shooting the three, I, he's not great at it, but uh, I, I think that Kofi, again, we talk about it every time this you know, Kofi dominated game, whatever. Um, but I think that IO could have a really good game against this team. Uh, and hopefully, ho- hopefully Trent is still rolling because Trent scoring, you know, what's he averaging 20 points over the last two games. Um, yeah. He continues with 15 to 20 point games. IO, you know, f- comes back. I, I hopefully he plays with a lot of passion this game. Um, Hopefully, and what we didn't mention, I forgot to mention this. Uh, that was the first game Io has fouled out since he's been at Illinois last night. I don't even really think he's been that close to fouling out, right? Either. Right, yeah, because he had they gave him the forearm shiver foul, which was weird last night, and then the one on the rebound was a little weird, but. Um. Yeah, Io is not much. He usually doesn't foul when he's playing defense. Well, that's just a testament to how garbage those officials were. Right. <laughs> right. Um. So matchup wise, it's going to be a little harder because they got you know six four, six eight, six nine, six ten. Yeah. If you have the same lineup as last, I mean, you obviously go Tristan Frazier, probably Miller and Davison, and then, I mean, Ford and Grandison, Wall and Io, Potter, Kofi, something like that. Yeah, I think Wall plays the perimeter a lot, so I think Io could guard him. Yeah, and they had Io on the four a little bit last night, which they don't ever seem to do. So um, I could see that, and maybe Hawkins will get some playing time in this game just because he's six nine and will be able to. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> I think the better the Georgie five seconds last night, the better the Georgie plays, the less Hawkins is going to play, and Grandison still That's getting true. minutes too. That's true. And know. Georgie was like weird last night. I don't know. He they still give him the ball so much that it's surprising. Because they because they don't guard it. Like that's the thing is like I get it that people are mad because Kofi doesn't get the ball enough and you know Georgie gets the ball. But they guard Georgie a whole heck of a lot different than they guard Kofi. Yeah but Georgie so. still or uh, Kofi still probably passes the ball out less. Yeah. The thing that kills me is Georgie, like when he got the ball on the top of the key last night and decided he was going to try to take it to the hoop and then he throws it out. Like that ball wasn't going to be anywhere near going in. Luckily they called it goaltending, but that's just like, he tries to do things that he, he fundamentally can't, Um, which I wish there was some way to, Pulling back in. <laughs> yes, I would uh, tend to agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's reading something. All right. Um, so 
That's what you're looking at. They have good depth and size and experience. They play a lot of guys, even though most they got like seven guys that'll usually get double digit minutes, maybe maybe eight. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna have to play well. That's all I can say. There's your motivation. Pretty much a eight eight man rotation. Pretty yeah. much eight nine. Uh, they have 14 wins and they are over Eastern Illinois. Arkansas Pine Bluff, by the way, they're beating Arkansas Pine Bluff like 26 to nothing in that game. So, very good team. <laughs> Green Bay, Rhode Island, they beat a very good Loyola Chicago team by 14, a team that could get an at-large bid. Uh, Louisville, Nebraska, Michigan State, Minnesota, Indiana, Rutgers, Northwestern, Maryland, Penn State. Their losses are a bad loss to Marquette, not a great loss to Maryland, good loss, Ohio State, bad loss, Penn State, and they got obliterated by Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I mean I Wisconsin's a funny team. I mean they're they're a team that sticks with you and makes you earn everything. Unless but you're Michigan. I, yeah, but I think that you can you can play them out of the gym. I think it's possible to just be way better than them. Do what Michigan did to them is what exactly. Illinois should be striving for. Exactly. That's tough the, matchup. That's the hope. Predictions. Here we go. <laughs> Do it. I got Illinois winning this game, uh, 76, 69. Uh, nice. I think that they're gonna, they're gonna come out after that Indiana game, after they struggled, I hope they can come out in the first half because, um, if they don't and they get down like they did to Indiana, Wisconsin's not a team that's going to let you back in. So nice little seven point victory. I'm sure the spread's going to be like two and a half, but so bet Illinois. I think it's going to be higher than two and a half. You think? Four. Four. I mean, what was the spread against Iowa? Three and uh, a half. Three. Oh, it was two and a half. It was higher than expected. Uh, I'm going Illinois 73 72. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think they're going to stay hot, go on a run like they usually do in February. They always get that big signature February win this could be that because as a perfect segue, the Illinois-Michigan game could be postponed on February 11th, which to me, if you look at the reasoning, is a complete joke. Uh, it's asinine. Come on. Every other team after coming back from COVID protocol has played games, and we're just going to say, okay, Michigan, you're leading the Big Ten. You go ahead and take two weeks to practice because they're not only talking about not playing this game. Six games. They're talking about not playing the Wisconsin game afterwards. That, I, they already that, had four postponed before this, so that's six games in a row. Yeah. This isn't – I don't think that this is on the Michigan coaches or players, but definitely on the AD and the school. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm not saying that it's the players that are are doing they this. Want to but play. Yeah, but you, I I don't think that Jawan Howard is mad because he gets two weeks of practice after coming back while he's already leading the Big Ten. So yeah, here's the problem that I have. Can't tell me he's complaining about it. The the reason that they don't want to come back and play right away is because they're only gonna have four days of practice. Yeah. What are we doing? That's four <laughs> days. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Jeez, it's not like they have no practice days. They took off on January 24th, 
and now they're supposed to be back on February 7th. The the thing being two weeks in the first place was embarrassing. I don't know why this is like a thing. And I, I don't know if there's been any further reporting on this, but I find it very interesting that they I mean, could end up doing that. It seems like that, that they're doing it. Well, from what there I, was that report from Chris Ballas, who's a senior editor at the Wolverine.com. I don't know how plugged in he is, but he said uh, Michigan won't play its February 11th home game with Illinois, and the Wisconsin game February 14th is up in the air. Yeah, First game so, back might be February 18th at Rutgers. Like, it's, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's, it's, Here's it's some like, comments for you. Of course, dodging two good teams. Uh, seriously, question mark, destroying the incredible this incredible season. Um, when is someone going to report who is slash are responsible for these decisions? The health department of the university, who is in on these decisions? Complete I mean, and utter BS. Another comment. I like like when you sent me that. I told you. I said, well, you know, they, it's one easy way to win a Big Ten title. And you said, well, it's not the players. Yeah, it's not. You don't think the AD wants to win a Big Ten title? Think that doesn't look good for him? I think the Big Ten should step in and ban them from winning. Make them play. I think they should make them play. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't give them a one seed in good conscience if if they if they don't play these two games. Yeah. So I agree. If you have any questions, you can send them in. Nobody watches us anymore. We are old news. Every time you go off on a rant, we lose like four viewers. But I don't know if that correlates. Though. <laughs> I agree. Coming up on uh, Monday will be our first countdown to March Madness show, and and a March Madness that we actually expect to happen. So that'll be interesting. Lots to do there. I'm sure we'll have this bracket cam live and in action. So that's that's a thing, you know. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give about two minutes here. Two minutes. <laughs> it's not a dead air on the podcast. Let's go look at the net rankings in the Big Ten. So Michigan's third. Yeah, since we're not doing it around the Big Ten this episode. Um. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's third. They have a one quad one loss. Their loss was to uh, Minnesota. And there's no way that they can go down, right? Because they're not playing. I mean, they're just there. Yeah, I don't really know Forever. how that would work. I don't know how that would work. Uh, so, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams in the Big Ten that are in the top of the net, uh, or in the top fifty of the net, which makes no sense, but. I think there's going to be 10 Big Ten tournament teams, maybe nine, somewhere around there, I would say. Um, I think the odd teams out right now are Penn State, Northwestern, Michigan State, Nebraska. Uh, The good thing for for Michigan State, if they can actually get some good wins here and climb out of a hole, is that six of their seven losses are in quad one, but still not good. One and six in quad one is horrendous. Um, Yeah. so you have Michigan 3, Illinois 5, Iowa 7, Ohio State 12, Wisconsin 16, Purdue 28, Rutgers 32, Penn State's 35th, which is just stupid. I mean, what are we doing? They're not good. Uh, Maryland 39, Minnesota 47, 
Indiana 48. And my guy, Tony Patelis, College Hoop News on Twitter, he said, can we please stop with the, quote, Penn State is good narrative? Because it's they're not good. Why are they even near the top 50? They're 6-8. and eight. They play no defense. Yeah, that's that's crazy that they're that high in the net with a 6-8 and eight record. Yeah, seven of their losses are in quad one. Congrats. Has a good team ever lost seven of those you, games? You, you still lost. I don't care what quad they're in. <laughs> Yeah, they play no defense. So, and they're what one and seven in quad one, I think. Two and seven. What are their quad one wins? You know, Wisconsin and some other garbage Big Ten school. Come mm-hmm. on, that was that was too far at the end. Um, I'm trying to find that. What would that win be? Who else did they beat? Somebody. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Wisconsin and who else do you think it is? Rutgers. Did they beat Rutgers? 75-67 on January 21st. Yeah, that will be a quad one win because Rutgers Virginia, is 32nd. They beat Virginia Tech. Is this this year? <laughs> oh, yeah, they did beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, 75-55. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Beat Virginia Tech by 20. Yikes. Yeah, that was really early in the season. So... Did they beat Rutgers on the road? No, they were at home. Okay, so that's not a quad one win because Rutgers is 32nd. You have to be top 30. What about beating – well, hold on. So, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is – Okay, they have to be top 75, and Virginia Tech is 29. Okay. And then Wisconsin, right? Yeah, that was at home, and Wisconsin is 16th, so that is a quad one win. Boom, there you go. If you go, if you have quad score points, ooh, this will be fun. Let's tally up Illinois' quad score points. All right, let's do this. Let's do it. Illinois, quad score points. So they have five quad one wins. That's 20 points in quad one, Okay. But you have to take minus one for all their losses. So four times five is obviously 20, right? And then four quad one losses makes it 16. So they have 16 quad one score points. Congrats. Quad two, they have uh, 10 quad score points. And then three and four. 1 and 0, 2 and 0, so 4. Wait. Son of a. 2. Wait. I'm confused. 2. 20. No. 30. They have 30 quad score points. I don't know how good that is. Let's compare them to Baylor. All right, in comparison with Baylor, let's see. 24, 6, 6, 6. Baylor is 42. So it's not that bad. 42 to 30. Sounds pretty good. Gonzaga has uh, 
Gonzaga has 20, 26, 34, and 40. Maybe that's how they do the net rankings by quad score points. Because you got, you know, I bet that's how they do it. Yeah. Because you got Gonzaga has 40. I'm writing this down. Gonzaga. Look at us. We're going to be real bracketologists before long. We'll get our doctor. 40, Baylor's 14. Now let's see what Michigan has, right? Okay. I find it hard to believe that Michigan would have more than Illinois, but let's find out. Okay, so you have 12 and then minus 1, so 11. Then you have uh, 12 again, so that's 23, so they are going to have more. Um, and then you have 8, so that's 31, and then you have 2. 33. So they have 33, Michigan does. All right, the number four is Houston. So Houston is probably in between 30 and 33. So Houston has, I like saying it like that, uh, 12. Like saying wolf. This is very fun for people, I'm sure. 12, 9, minus 2. So that's 21 minus 2 is 19. Then you have... 31. Wait a sec. I did the math. Okay. 12 plus 9, 21 minus 2, 19 plus 12, 31 plus 3, 34. So Houston has more than Michigan. Interesting. What about Villanova? Just one more. We'll do we'll do one more that we gotta fly. Uh, okay, so Villanova, eight minus one, seven. Twelve, nineteen. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Villanova has twenty-eight. That was great. No questions. All right. Jeez, people hate us. <laughs> Baloney. That'll Baloney. do it for Baloney. episode number 50. Thank you for listening, even though nobody did. And wow. we will catch you probably Sunday. And then we'll be doing a uh, this show on Monday. So Get ready for it. Goodbye. Illinois should win Saturday. They better. That's all I say. Hey, are we doing a watch party? It's up to you. Keep in touch. We, we'll let you guys know. There's a yeah. 